Hey, I'm Sophie. And I'm Sophia. And this is the That Showbiz Baby podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We're back, you know, with our summer season. We got a great interview lined up for you all. But to start, we're going to do some music recommendations. So my song that I'm recommending is called Hey Michael, and it's by Wallace and Marinelli. I hope I pronounced that right. So let's take a listen. This song is like a fun indie pop rock song about a type of guy that we've all met that Wallace is calling Michael, which is, you know, a Tarantino worshipping gaslighting bro to like vaguely quote an interview I saw about this song. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And I think that definitely the chorus is the strongest part of this song, but like overall, it's a fun listen. I like it. My favorite line is, you don't got to say you like Pulp Fiction. I already know, which makes me laugh because, you know, I've met a few people like that where you meet them and you're like, oh yeah, for sure. They're a Pulp Fiction lover. And, you know, then you got to kind of see their vibe. I spend too much time with film bros. So this song really hit home. (laughs) Sophie, what do you have for us? Hilarious. Well, I have a song called Liquor Store on Mars by Kelsey Carter. So let's take a listen. Yeah, so I really like this song. I think it's just kind of fun and cool, like the drama and the grittiness of it. It just stuck out to me right away when I heard it. And yeah, I think it's just kind of fun. I don't exactly know the vibe, but fun for a certain type of vibe. I just like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I did want to mention some backstory with Kelsey Carter, which I think is interesting. Um, She went kind of viral for a song called Harry which is about how she is obsessed with Harry Styles. And the song made me like slightly uncomfortable when I listened to it. Like it's a little (laughs) over the top, I think. And I believe she may also have a tattoo of his face on her somewhere. Um, So I thought that would just be fun to point out. I personally don't really like the song Harry, but I do like this song, Liquor Store on Mars. Yeah, I think it's just really cool. So there's my song. And um, we're going to jump into the main portion of our episode with an interview from our bestie, Sierra Dudas. So stay tuned. Get ready. It's going to be fun. (laughs) 
Sierra Dudas is a creative project coordinator at the Recording Academy. When she's not working, Sierra is a music business mentor for the Women's Network and host of the podcast Sierra Spills, a college girl's guide to breaking into the music industry. Sierra got her start at USC's music industry program, as well as interning for the Ojai Music Festival, SOTA DTLA, Management, Grammy U, and Coyote Country Radio Station. So, and she's also one of our besties. So, Sierra, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks yes. for having me. Yes, love the bestie title. I should add that to my LinkedIn profile as well. <laughs> you should. Glad awesome. to be here. This is your second feature, which is very exciting because we had our fun Christmas episode last last winter, which was a great time. True. Feeling blessed. Two time. <laughs> two time <laughs> guest. It's an honor. It's an honor. Thank you. Um, well, we want to kick off your interview with the way we kick off every interview that we do. (laughs) So can you tell us what is some music that you have been listening to recently and loving? Give us all the recs. Okay. This is such a stressful question. Um, sorry. No, (laughs) it's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, okay. People I've been listening to, I think this is her name. Every time I recommend her, I'm like, Oh, I really hope I'm not ruining it. Uh, Maude Latour, Latour. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, I like her. Yeah. She's really good. Dasha is really good. Um, I've also been really into Julia Michaels latest album. There's some bops on that one. What else? Um, oh, Lova. She's pretty new. She's a great artist. Let me see. I'm just scrolling through my Spotify <laughs> right now. <laughs> and of course, oh yeah, I, I can't go without mentioning our queen, Olivia Rodrigo. It's been like oh, on yes. repeat, of course. I mean, who doesn't have her on repeat right now? <laughs> Only losers. <laughs> Only losers are not listening. <laughs> yeah, okay. turn off this turn off this p- podcast right now if you're not listening to <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> okay, maybe not, not that, far. Here. Maybe not that <laughs> far. No, keep listening. Keep listening. <laughs> um, okay, now for the first real question. How did you know you wanted to pursue an education and career in the music industry? Well, I've always been like in music and entertainment. I mean, in a sense that like, you know, everyone is like in choir in high school and like musical theater and like, just like in my community, I was always surrounded by a lot of artists and like, I myself was an artist kind of, I mean, like, (laughs) (laughs) I just was like surrounded by music and I really loved it. And so when I was like thinking about college, I just, that I thought I wanted to go into something in music and I just wasn't really sure like, ethnomusicology was when I was a freshman I was like yes that's what I want to go into just because like I I knew I didn't want to be an artist or like a music teacher but I didn't really know what else was out there and so I kind of was just like doing a lot of research about different music programs and I stumbled across like music business programs and that basically was just like okay that's it you know no other choice. This is where I'm going. I only applied to like music industry programs. Well, I I applied for one state school because my mom made me. (laughs) Nice. But other than that, I was like, yeah, all music business schools. So I just knew I wanted to do it. It just sounded so interesting. And I just really loved being around music. And I really liked 
the idea of the business side. Like I, I knew I didn't want to be a creative. I wanted to be kind of in this more like analytical project management role. So yeah, that's how it happened. And then I was like, mom, daddy don't have a choice. I only applied <laughs> to these schools. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that, I don't know. That's kind of similar to how it went for me. Like once I figured out music business was an option, it was like there was no other option. So exactly. I'm glad we all love our program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, now that you're done, are you glad you went through that and did the music industry degree? Do you think it was a worthwhile investment? A hundred percent because there's just no way even I mean, I'm sure you two will agree, but like that first like intro to music business class, like you just feel like your eyes had been opened to a completely new world. And like just talking to people who like intern or just like work in the music industry are peers who like didn't go to school. It's crazy to see like the difference in the not, not to bash anyone. I mean, and they're, you know, it's just like everyone discovers Donald Passman's book eventually, but it's just like, it's interesting to see like how much baseline knowledge they really like throw at you. And, and it's, so I'm just like, so grateful that I did have that. And it just, it's its own ecosystem. So you really have to understand how it works in order to be successful. Yeah. After that first like intro class, it kind of gave me a superiority complex with all my knowledge I thought I had. I've recently toned down, but like (laughs) right there when I was like at fresh 18, I was like, wow, I know everything now. (laughs) Literally, I saw this tweet the other day and it was, I follow this account called agents versus assistants. Um, It's really funny. That's my throw it out there. But the tweet (laughs) is basically like 18 year olds discovering Donald Passman's book, thinking they're like going to be the next Scooter Braun. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, yes, I'm ready to look at contracts. Like I, (laughs) let me write one out right now. (laughs) Really hilarious. Sophia with that one. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Okay, well, onwards. Um, so, Sierra, <laughs> um, what was your experience like interning for the Ojai Music Festival? And what do you think the biggest lesson you learned from this position was? This one was really interesting. So uh, the Ojai Music Festival is like a classical slash new music festival, which is kind of totally different than like my normal music style that I regularly listen to. I mean, I listen to classical like when I'm studying or reading Um, And like, I knew obviously of classical music from being in like high school choir and friends and orchestra and all that, but like, it just wasn't something I was like regularly involved with. So it was really cool to kind of see that it, again, like talking about ecosystems had its own like small, like the classical music ecosystem has its own like rules and, and just like things about it. Something else that was really cool that was that I like stayed on site at the festival. So that was really my first experience. I mean, it wasn't Coachella by any means, but it's really cool to see how everything works together and how there's like so many different moving parts and how they all come together into one cohesive show. So that was really cool for me to learn. And then also it was where I learned like the basic stuff about like social media and marketing that's not ideas. Like that's, it's like, actually like, how do you code something on like HTML? Like 
like, how do you embed a YouTube video into your website? Or like, how do you like work MailChimp? Or like, how do you look at analytics? Because I feel like a lot of times, unless you are taking specific like social media classes, you've learned about like this, the concepts of branding, but then you get there and you're like, but wait, how do I like go into Facebook and like download the analytics? Like, I don't know how to do that part. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Because especially in the classroom, it's like, what analytics are we going to look at for an assignment? Like that's personal information. So that's good knowledge. Um, And then I guess just going down your bio, what do you do as a music business mentor for the Women's Network? Yeah. So the Women's Network is this group. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I network. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Great. Great. (laughs) So basically it's like, there's a chapter on like I mean, not every college campus, but they have like 150 college campuses. And it's just like a networking group for women and non-binary people specifically, because a lot of times like networking groups are very like male dominated and all the like guests they bring in, like people working in the industry are like women and non-binary as well. So it's really cool. Um, So yeah, so I've been involved like when I was a student at USC, I have some friends who are like on the executive board. And then um, just this past semester, they launched like interest groups, basically. So I, when I graduated, I became like basically the mentor slash lead for this group. So it's a group of like young women who are just starting out in the music industry, you know, who are like freshmen and sophomores. And so basically I just try and pass down my knowledge. I put together like panels and just, um, you know, basically it's just like a safe space for them to ask questions or, you know, get insight. And like the whole idea is that like, it's a, like I said, it's a safe space. Like if a question that you're afraid to ask or you're worried like will make you sound stupid it's like no we're here like for that very reason we want you to be able to be armed with as much knowledge as possible so yeah that's my like little weekend project (laughs) and I love it I just I mean also kind of selfishly because I just like like talking about my knowledge (laughs) Uh, you know like that's why she knew she we knew she'd be a good guest (laughs) It's like, you know, when you're like working, you do the things you do, but you don't get to like raise your hand and be like, here's the answer anymore. So I was missing that just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's so fun. Okay. So with your podcast and your work as a mentor, you're involved in helping people like get their start within the music industry. And as you said, sharing your knowledge. So like how or when did you realize you were interested in doing that? I've always been like super interested. I don't like in just, I don't know if it's truly about helping people, although I like to do it. I just love, (laughs) I don't know. It's just like, I just like, like looking at people's resumes and like, like making suggestions or like, I, I don't know. I think it's just, I've really discovered in the past year that project management is like my thing. Like that's just what I naturally, the role I naturally fall into professionally and personally. And so I just like doing that. You know, I I like putting together a list of restaurants and in a PowerPoint, (laughs) but also I just like putting together panels and, and just seeing how things fit together. And so in that sense, like helping people with resumes or find a mentor, it's just something that I I like to have 
a list of things to do, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good answer, but in some ways, I don't even really know why I like it. I just love to do it. Like, you know, I, I love to like search on job boards and find like the perfect internship for someone. Just when something clicks, it's just so satisfying. Yeah, truly. Also, because you graduated in three years, you were like kind of ahead of the rest of our group. And so you were our mentor a little bit. We you kind of like tested it out. And then we we're like, okay, Sierra, what do we do? <laughs> Yeah, I remember sometimes you all would text me and be like, hey, can you try out this class and like <laughs> let me know if it's good? <laughs> so. And we appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. no problem. <laughs> we love getting the, the insider scoop. <laughs> um, so I guess on that note, like as you graduated from USC, which you just did this past May, which is very exciting. So congrats. Thank you. Um, what was your experience like searching and applying for jobs post-grad? Yeah, so I really was unsure what I wanted to do. Basically, my entire time I was in college, like not that I didn't have any interests, but really that I had too many. I was interested in everything I did. And so it was really hard for me to decide one thing. And when I was so for basically for my entire senior year, I was the Grammy U rep for the LA chapter of the Recording Academy. Um, and so that's really where I learned what project management was and that I was like in love with it. Um, so just it, it's it's just like a concept that you don't really hear described like as it like put into words. But anyway, I just knew I really liked that idea because I could work with so many different departments, or like work, touch so many different things. Like some of our peers are like, I know I want to be in A&R, you know, I, I want to, I know I want to be this or that, or like go into marketing. And for me, it's like, no, I really find the most satisfaction when I'm able to like be working in everything and be working with different people every day and just like be able to have like challenges that are different every single day. So when it came to applying for jobs, like I knew I wanted to do that, but a little backstory is that project management, like to actually be like a project manager, you have to get like a license. Um, and this is like not music industry specific, just to like say like I have a project management like license on. Interesting. I know. I didn't know about this either. Like basic. And so you have to like, go through this like degree. It's like not like crazy. It's you could probably do it like on the weekends, um, but it's like a few months and you get base. Yeah. Basically you get like a certificate or like, I guess kind of like when you're like working in insurance, like working as a teacher, you have to like get a, get a license. And so also like, obviously I'm not manager level yet. I just graduated. So I, I just tried to find jobs in that area, but there wasn't really a lot of them out there for entry level. And so I was just kind of trying to find jobs that touched that area. Um, so a lot of jobs I applied to were like marketing coordinator. Cause I feel like in that same way, um, marketing touches a lot of different areas, especially like one of the positions I applied for was for, like the company that owns a lot of independent labels. So in that sense, I'd be more like coordinating the marketing efforts of every different department than specifically like putting together the marketing plan for one artist. And so, yeah, I was just trying to find whatever I could that sounded good. And then also something is that I really held on to my like 
mentors, I didn't, I tried not to ask them for something small because I was really trying to save it. So I could like leverage that relationship when I like actually needed to get a job to say like, Hey, can you recommend me for this job? Or like, Hey, do you have any contacts? I mean, it's, it really is about like a mutually beneficial relationship. And so throughout college, I was really cognizant to not be constantly asking people for things to kind of like hold on to it to when I really needed it. Um, so yeah, so then, I mean, I'm saying all these things, but then the job I currently have, I didn't even apply for. They like, <laughs> <laughs> they reached out to me and like thought I would be good for it. And I mean, obviously I went through like the interview process and all that. So, but it all just goes to show that like, like I was applying, I was, I had all these things, but then the job I really wanted, I (laughs) didn't, none of those things even mattered. So I don't know how much my advice works. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Could you touch on like your work-life balance and schedule now compared to in college? And do you like have a preference between the two? Kind of like, what was it like transitioning into a full-time working environment? Okay, this is a great question because it's something that I wasn't really prepared for. Not that it's difficult, but I just like didn't really think about it. So basically my schedule has completely changed in the sense that like when I was in college, I had my classes, I had my internship, I had jobs and like, I mean, jobs and class and jobs and work, you know, when you're there, you're there. And then like in internships. And then when you're gone, you're usually not actively working on stuff, but college, like you have assignments, you have like long-term projects. So like, you have to like carve out your own space to work on it. And I mean, not every job is going to be this way, but my current position is like, I'm working constantly during the week. And then the weekends, it's basically radio silence. Like occasionally there'll be an important project, but it's like my week is entirely work and my weekend is entirely like free time. And for me, that is like, it's really (laughs) been hard to adapt to because I did all my like homework and projects over the weekend. That way I have more time during the week to like grab lunch with a friend, like get a coffee, like go out, like relax. And so now it's, I'm trying to like kind of figure out this balance. A good example is books. Like I have so much time to read now. It's crazy. But I, when I pick up a book, like I literally like can't emotionally do anything until I finish it because my brain won't be present. (laughs) That's the truth. I mean, if it's, if if it was like a business book or like, like a, you know what I mean? Like a professional development, then I could set that down. But if it's like reading for enjoyment book, absolutely not. I'm just like (laughs) not there. I'm a zombie. So I can't, if I start a book over the weekend, I have to finish it that weekend. And I can't start the next book until the next weekend because otherwise I just won't be thinking about work. Like I can't just like read a few chapters before bed. And so it's the same thing with like projects. Like if I want to do like a big like collage project or like go out, just like work on a podcast episode. Like I just have to only do that during the weekends. And then like, I don't really have time during the weeks. So it's really a totally different way of segmenting your time. And it really like makes you think differently (laughs) about like the projects you're going to work on or just like the things you're going to do over the weekend versus during the week. So yeah, that's something I've been actually thinking about a lot. So great question. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. It's something that I, I'm concerned about a little, it seems intense, like an intense transition. Um, But 
now that you're a little bit post-grad and you were searching for jobs, now you have one. I'm curious how you decided to stay in LA. Did you contemplate moving somewhere else? Like now you kind of have a better view on like to work in the music industry, do you really have to be in LA? And I was wondering if you could just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I would say right away, you don't have to be in LA to work in the music industry. I mean, you definitely have to work in like one of the places, probably, you know, New York, Miami, Atlanta, Nashville, LA, maybe Austin. But the main reasons for staying in LA were more personal because I'm closer to my family than everything on the East Coast because I have a lot more of my network, both my friends and professional contacts here. It's a lot harder to develop those (laughs) from across the country. And also just because I am just like not emotionally prepared to like pick up and move and not know anyone. And so, (laughs) so like I was lucky enough that I was like had my choice between a few different jobs and one of them was not in LA and I almost considered taking it and just the thought of living in New York city really stressed me out. (laughs) The, yeah, just the idea of moving cross country and like having to take the subway, like that's scary. And I don't know, it was just, (laughs) it was just a lot. So I would say you definitely don't have to, and it's maybe even a good thing to get your start in a smaller market because then there's you can know all the important people a lot easier. There's less like levels of hierarchy in between you and the head of a radio station, for example, or you and the owner of a venue. But so it's, yeah, it's not specifically about being in LA, but I love LA. And I think that there is a lot happening in the music industry here. So if you can get out here or if you are already here, like use that to your advantage. Sorry, was there another part to that question I was trying to think? No, that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was great. And it definitely makes sense. Like that's a lot, like moving somewhere else is a lot of change to add on to a time that already is filled with like major transitions. So it's like, why not cut yourself a break, you know, like (laughs) one less change to learn how to deal with. Not to mention that also like a lot of jobs now are letting you be completely remote. I think Spotify is one and like all the tech areas. So like if you were like a music coordinator for Instagram or something, like you could stay in LA and technically work New York hours, you know, and work for the New York team. So I definitely think it's possible even now more than ever to like just stay not necessarily in your comfort zone, but stay like in a location that's best for you when you're already, like you said, Sophie, having so many things changing in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And we have one last question to wrap up our interview. And um, all of your answers have been filled with good advice and insight. But I guess if you had to sum it up to like one, maybe the most crucial or helpful thing that you think you found, um, like what would be that one piece of advice you would want to give someone searching for their first job in the music industry? I mean, well, okay, I have, I'll have two. The first one is the one you've already heard a hundred times and that's networking. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Like we all know that's the truth. But when I was like working on my podcast, the first season um, a, a few months ago, like 
every single guest brought that up. And that was a great reminder to me because like when I asked a similar question, like what's your one piece of advice, like literally every single person said that and it's like, okay, it's not just something you hear in class. Like truly everyone believes that it's all about your network, but I will say my, my like actual piece of advice, like aside from the, that little side note is that it's all about like, I don't know, it just this idea of kind of like courage, like putting yourself out there. Like I don't, you, sometimes it's a little scary to like ask for a raise or, or just to walk up to a random person and introduce yourself. And I think it's really valuable for you to just take a step outside of your comfort zone and put yourself out there and just like, I don't know, try to like, if you're at a house show, try to like introduce yourselves to the people around me, just take like, don't be confined to like your friend group or like who you already know at work, your department, like just, I don't know, just be like an extra outgoing person occasionally. And, you know, like it's been so valuable for me to like meet people like all over the country and just like, just say hello. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like weird to talk about, especially because all of that has happened like online basically for the past year. And, and pro tip, it actually is way easier to do online, way less scary. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, just like, I just think I have made like so many amazing like friendships and like personal contacts and professional contacts, um, just by like being like, okay, I just need to like take this step, you know, just once for like 30 seconds and then, okay, then I can like stay back here and like type away at my computer for a little while longer. So that's my advice. Sorry. It's like really not straightforward, (laughs) but yeah. No, that, that is great. I think you're definitely right on with that one. Um, and I guess our uh, final, I guess that wasn't our final question. Our (laughs) real final question is where can the fans find you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Plug time. Okay. So you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram at Sierra Dudas. You can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple music. It's called Sierra spills has my face on it. So you should be able to find it. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you have any more questions about my truly exciting life. <laughs> that's a joke by the way. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you so much, you guys. Oh, sorry not to wrap it up for you. No, wrap it up. <laughs> but thank wrap you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I've just like loved my time chatting with you. And yeah, I mean, we are like already besties, so we would have chatted <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> I'll see you soon when I help you move. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Thank you, Sierra, for being on the pod. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Instagram at sophia.productions, and please go rate, download, and follow wherever you get your podcasts.